The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, of a member of the Wells on January 22, 2012, based on 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit points us to our Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we listen as he speaks, is the first lesson, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Please listen again to the closing verse. The Lord came and stood there, calling, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. She prayed for a son. Oh, how she prayed. She poured out her heart to the Lord. Her lips moved, but no sound came out. So absorbed was she in prayer. The Lord answered and gave Hannah a son. She named him Shimuel. Samuel in English. It sounds like the Hebrew Shemua El, meaning heard of God. And as she had vowed, when her son was no more than five or six, probably even younger than that, she took him to the tabernacle at Shiloh to serve the Lord for the rest of his life. She and her husband, Elkanah, would now see him only once a year when they came for the annual sacrifice. Eli the priest would train the boy. And these were dark days for God's people, Israel. This was at the time towards the end of the age of the judges, when people did as they saw fit, often turning towards greater and greater evil. Enemies oppressed the Israelites. The Philistines were a growing threat in the West. Even the spiritual leadership of the people was in grave decline. Eli appears to be an honest man, but at times he's incompetent. His sons are wicked. Even though they are priests, they desecrate the Lord's sacrifices, not letting the people bring them in the way the Lord had prescribed. And they slept with the women who served at the entrance of the tabernacle. Eli only scolded them. He did not punish them or remove them from office. Under such dark circumstances, we could very well understand why Samuel doesn't recognize that it's the Lord calling to him. At least Eli finally has the insight that it is the Lord. And he tells Samuel to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Those are the words, dear friends, that we want to take to heart here today as the Holy Spirit works through them to open our minds and to move our will to listen like a servant to his or her Lord. That's the theme today. Listen like a servant. Part one, listen first before busyness. Part two, Listen with willing readiness. Part 1. Samuel, 
heard his name called. He gets up and runs to Eli. Eli's eyes have been getting worse. In the darkness before dawn, he might need help. And Samuel wants to help. He wants to serve. And that's good. And can we blame Samuel for not recognizing that it's the Lord calling out to him? Notice what the text says here. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. It had been centuries since the Lord had regularly talked to a prophet, talked to Moses, in fact. And there had not been a prophet in Israel like Moses since that time. Is it any wonder that Samuel did not recognize that voice calling to him? Yes, even though his parents and Eli would have told him about the Lord, he wouldn't know that the Lord would speak to him in this special way. And so we see that we can't really blame Samuel for simply getting up and and wanting to serve. And yet I think we also see, don't we, that it would have been better for him to have listened first. To have listened first before that busyness of running. To listen first. And that's really what he learned in the end. Speak, for your servant is listening. What about you and me? What excuse do we have for not listening first? Or we might think, first of all, well, you know, it's been a long time, too, that the Lord has spoken to someone directly in a vision or in a dream, isn't it? And as far as we know, that has not happened since the days of the apostles. But that's no excuse for us, dear friends. For you see, the Lord has spoken to us and continues to speak to us in a way that Samuel never experienced. The writer to the Hebrews brings that out as he begins writing, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, yes, our days, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. You, dear friends, you have the very words and works of Jesus, the Son of God, recorded and proclaimed to you through the evangelists and apostles of the New Testament. And you have that word made visible in the sacraments which bring us Jesus, the Son of God. What did Samuel have? At his time, the the five books of Moses, Genesis through Deuteronomy, had been written, and, and maybe Joshua, but that was it. And that's why God was still in the process of revealing his saving plan. That's why he would, at times, speak in visions or in dreams or even directly to a prophet to proclaim his word, because he was still taking the steps, preparing the world for the coming of his son. But we, dear friends, we live in that time where the full revelation of God has already been given. It's not only been given, it's been fulfilled in the Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We we have that revelation, in fact, written down for us. It's written so that as it's handed down from generation to generation, it does not change. It does not change like oral traditions and customs might change written so that you don't have to wonder about a voice calling to you in the night 
You don't have to wonder about whether the devil is masquerading as an angel of the light. You have his word written. You have his word in the scriptures and in the sacraments proclaimed for you to listen to first. You have his word. And so, maybe Samuel could say, I heard you calling in the night. But you and I can't. We could say, though, I have heard you calling in your word. Listen to it first. And just think about how available God's word is for us to listen to. It's in a very affordable book. The Bible, in fact, you can get a Bible for free. And it's written in a language that we can understand. It's been translated into uh, a a language we know And if you think about it, you may have noticed that our church body is discussing which translation would be best to use. And part of the difficulty of that discussion is that there are several good translations out there. That's how accessible and and available God's word is. Any one of those translations that, that they're looking at would be beneficial for people to take to heart and cherish as they read it and learn it. I think, at least in my opinion, the bigger question isn't which translation, but how to get our people more in the word to read it, learn it, treasure it. And we not only have the word available as written in a book, we also have it proclaimed in our pulpits and studied in our Bible classes. You don't have to go to Shiloh or to Jerusalem or to wherever the temple or tabernacle might be. You have it right here in your hometown proclaimed and studied. You don't have to wait for a priest or Levite to read it to you on certain festival days like they had to in the day of Samuel. The word is very near you. Listen to it first. Yes, listen to it first because it may not always be this available. Look again at the days of Samuel where it says the word of the Lord was rare. People had neglected it. They had been busy with other things. They had listened to other messages first. And when people neglect his word, eventually the Lord gives them what they want. If you don't want to listen to my word, well then I'll just take it away. And what hope is there then when the rain showers of the eternal word, the the, the water of life, pass over us and leave us in the drought of not having God's word? Listen to it first before the refreshing rain passes on. And yet, dear friends, yet how apt aren't we to get so absorbed in our busyness that we forget to listen first. And I'm not necessarily talking about a time frame here, but to listen first as as a priority, as something that we recognize as more important. As if we had to make a choice between listening or serving, that we would recognize that listening is, is, is the higher priority. But to be honest, the Lord gives us time to do both. So often that if we don't have time to do both, it's because we let other things chew up our our time rather than listening and serving. Think of, of Mary and Martha. Martha was busy serving, getting the meal ready. Mary was listening. And what did Jesus say about Mary? Only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. Don't get so involved in the serving, in the busyness, 
that you forget about the listening. To listen as a servant means to listen first, to hear what your Lord, your Master is saying before we get caught up in the busyness of serving. And I think there's plenty of here for each of us to think about because it's so easy to think that I need to be doing something, I need to be serving if I'm going to be a worthwhile Christian, and that that's more important doing than listening. Sometimes we might see that in, in the service that goes on in the church here. In, like say, like the uh, Lenten meals that are coming up, people are, are willing to serve in one of the midweek Lenten suppers, and that's good, that's a wonderful thing. They, they come to bring their food, they come to help with the meal. Do they always come to listen as well? And what about the other five Wednesdays when they're not assigned to serve? Listen first before the busyness of serving. Don't get me wrong. It's a wonderful thing when Christians serve. It's a wonderful that so many of you want to help out in one way or another, whether it's, it's serving your family, your community, your school, or your church, whether it's helping as an usher or on the church council, whether it's, it's serving a meal or, or helping with the church cleaning or getting communion ready, or if the Lord has given you the gifts, helping with, with the music, with singing, with instruments, with teaching, with other activities. That's, that's wonderful. But don't let that busyness or that serving overshadow listening. Listen first. Listen as a servant who comes before his or her Lord and listens first before the busyness. That's the lesson that Samuel finally learned. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Take his word to heart, dear friends. Read it. Learn it. Hear it. Take it to heart. Cherish it. Treasure it. Say with Samuel, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's listening as a servant. And as we listen first, his word works in us a willing readiness. And that brings us to the second part here. That willing readiness. That's a servant's attitude. As a servant, our will is not our own, is it? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, for I no longer have a will that is my own. I want my will to be yours. I belong to you, Lord. Take my will and make it thine. Let it be no longer mine. Take my will and mold it like a piece of clay to match yours. Take my will. Take my heart and remake me. Remake me in your image, in your likeness so that my heart and mind walk with you. That's the attitude we hear in Samuel's words. Speak or your servant is listening. But where? Where does such willing readiness come from? Our natural will is hostile to God. Our natural will doesn't want to serve Him. It wants to serve ourselves. And even when our natural will serves others, 
It always comes out of some sort of self-interest, even if that's simply the the self-interest of wanting to feel good about myself because I'm helping out, I'm doing my share, I'm paying it forward. The natural will doesn't have this willing readiness that wants to serve our Lord. Rather, it wants to serve our heart's desire, our heart's longing for some sort of acceptance or self-esteem. Where does genuine willingness and readiness come from? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for my willing readiness can only come from you and your word and the scriptures and the sacraments. Speak, Lord, for only your gospel can take my unwilling spirit and make me willing. Only your gospel can change me, mold me, transform me. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And how does our Lord answer that prayer? Not in a voice calling out in the night. But as you well know, he speaks to you through his word in the scriptures and the sacraments. He speaks his gospel to you. And what does that gospel say that works such willing readiness in you and me? Jesus says to you, I have spoken and I do not change. My word stands written for all time. My promises do not fail for I am the Lord. I am the same yesterday, today and forever. I am the Lord who redeemed you. I have ransomed you with my blood poured out in death for you so that you are my own. You are not your own. You have been bought at a price. You are my blood-bought lamb, my redeemed lamb, my ransomed lamb. I do not change. That same love that led me to the cross to sacrifice myself for you still holds you in my hand today and nothing tomorrow can separate you from my love or snatch you from my hand for I am the same yesterday, today and forever I am the Lord I am your Lord such tender words from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ So move our hearts and minds. So change our will and spirit that we say with Samuel, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And we run with Samuel to our Lord. Here I am. For as we listen to his word first, his word brings us that willing readiness of a servant. Yes, dear friends, listen as a servant. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.